This is the Herbalist Without Borders Herbal Action Podcast, connecting you to our global network of like-minded folks who believe in health justice for all. HWB is a nonprofit devoted to providing compassionate, holistic care to communities in need. We believe in health care as a right, not a privilege. I'm Denise Cusack, the Volunteer Executive Director of Herbalist Without Borders. Christine Brown is a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild, herbal educator, writer, and artist from the St. Louis area. She's the mastermind behind Herbal Root Zine, a beautiful magazine that's been exposing kids to the wonders of plants and herbs, and she's the author of the new book, Herbalism at Home. So welcome, and thanks for talking to me today. Hi, Denise. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm extremely honored to be here today. Um, So we're going to jump right in, which is, you know, you work with kids, and and produce so many different wonderful things. So in the world of herbalism, we often overlook the future of herbalism, which is kids. So many of us have raised our own kids, exposed to the wonders of medicinal plants and herbalism, plant conservation, the natural world, and educating kids is such a critical aspect of saving all of the endangered plants for now and in the future. So tell us a little bit about your magazine and how it's evolved over the years with those topics. Okay. Um, so I began creating Herbal Root Zine back, it was actually like January of 2009. And at the time, my, um, I have six children. So the youngest two, I was homeschooling. And my, my second youngest was um, four years old at the time. And or actually, she's about three. And I was starting to put together curriculums for homeschooling children. And she was a very avid, she just loved doing all sorts of things. So I started wanting to uh, teach her about herbs. And so I started looking for different things to teach kids about herbs. And there wasn't really much out there. There was like Leslie Tierra's awesome little herbal book. Um, There was um, that uh, the the Herbalist of Yarrow, I think is another one. So there were just a few here and there books, but there was nothing really like a curriculum to really teach kids. So I'm like, well, I'll just put together something to teach my kids. And so I had, back in the time, that was before Facebook was real prevalent, and so everybody had blogs. And I was part of a homeschool community blog. And there was another homeschooler, I don't remember who it was now, but she um, had put together a similar thing for creating a curriculum for her family, basically what they were doing over the month. So that encompassed like her science lessons, her math lessons. So it was an all-encompassing course, so I thought, I could put together something like that with herbs and just focus on herbs. That's a great idea. So that's how Herbal Routine was born. And so as I was creating it, I just, to my blog audience, I was like, would anybody be interested in using this themselves? And I had all kinds of people piping up. So I decided to go ahead and start selling it on Etsy. And it kind of took off. And so I created my own website for it. And when I first started, I only had about 24 pages because I didn't really know what I wanted in there. But as I kept writing them year after year, I started thinking, oh, it'd be great to have a glossary section in there. It'd be great to have a botany section to teach them the botany of the plants. So it just sort of kind of grew as I wrote it. And now um, some of the issues are up to like 60 pages long because I've just added so much information to them. Um, And then over the years as I was writing them, um, I tried to stay away from endangered species plants because I didn't want people to buy them and use them when they're already at risk. So the only two that I really wrote about during that time period was um, echinacea, which everybody grows that in their butterfly gardens, so it's easy to cultivate, and slippery elm, 
which there are other elm species that can be used in place of it. So um, back in at the end of 2018, I decided to go ahead for all of 2019, just dedicate that to endangered species. And with that, then I started teaching people like if you're going to use these plants, you got to use them in cultivated sources. And I talked, I have information in there about how to grow them, how to cultivate them, and also substitutions like, you know, if you want to use this for for whatever use, um, here are two or three herbs that might be used, you know, right alongside that work just as well, but are not going to endanger the plant. So that's just in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big nutshell. I know they're amazing and it's been going for long. We're homeschoolers too. So, um, and I always have, had followed your blog and website and all of that. Um, so with that, you know, people always ask where to start. So how to get kids interested in herbalism um, in the natural world. Do you have tips or ideas to get parents and educators? Yeah, and um, just to preface this, a lot of this stuff I do have like a whole article section on my um, website that has these more in depth as well. A lot of these questions answered it. Um, but one of the things I look at is, first of all, the age of the kids. So younger kids love to learn by doing. So when mom's sweeping up and cleaning the house, they're right alongside with their little broom and dustpan sweeping. So I work with kids like that in making things like, so now we're going to make herbal medicine and we let them make their own little medicine right alongside. So maybe we're making lip balms and they're stirring some, you know, so they learn by, by doing and mimicking. So that's a great way um, to get kids learning about it. And we just talk about, you know, so this is stinging nettles and this is really good nutrition and, you know, just kind of tell them what it's used for as we use it. And, and if you have younger kids like that, it's a great way just to start them from scratch and they don't know any different. Um, when the kids get a little older and they're kind of in that mid range, then they start kind of having their own hobbies. So I like to kind of gear teaching them to their own hobbies. Like if, if your child likes to color a lot, I might introduce the coloring pages of the herbs and just talk a little bit about them or be like, you know, that's planting. We have that out in the backyard and color a picture of it, things like that. Um, if they if they're into cooking, I'll try to um, suggest they use different recipes to incorporate the herbs into either foods or like making popsicles or sodas, things like that. Um, and then as the older kids come along, then uh, we look at more, you know, older kids are more into self-preservation and they care more about their parents. So we talk about, you know, more healthy diets, adding herbs to help the liver and support the liver for cleaner skin and uh, just natural products we can make with herbs for skincare, hair care, things like that. So um, just kind of meeting the child where they're at and just trying to introduce the herbs as their, um, as their interests fall, so. Yeah, good ideas. Um, and a part of teaching kids isn't only to tell them what they can use, but also to help them understand really what's happening out in the world with habitat loss and endangered species and what not to use. So what, you know, do you have any tools that you like for parents to looking to bring up the next generation of conservationists? Um, my number one tool is United Plant Savers. <laughs> um, I love that mine, one. Mine too. Yeah, and I mean, there's such a great organization and they just do so well with, with bringing awareness. And uh, so I, I definitely suggest people to look at their website and the resources they have available. Um, Sustainable Herbs Project by Ann Armbrecht is another organization that's really going far to kind of help with that. 
Um, but I have also uh, teamed up with United Plant Savers, so I'm a partner in education with them. So anybody who joins my online courses, the, the year-long courses, they're automatically given a membership to United Plant Savers, so they can take advantage of all the United Plant Savers resources as well. But um, it, that's just a great way. And then trying to discover what plants are native to your area and find out which ones are at risk and then maybe they could like start cultivating them even in our backyards you know in a shade garden we can plant a lot of those plants yeah and that's what that's what we do here um is we have a native plant nursery that we're working on kind of saving species um but it's so much to learn about because so many of them take specific conditions you know you don't just stick a seed in the ground and wander off um, yeah some of them so it's actually yeah it's a great way to learn yeah it? some of them are very slow to germinate but um, once you get them going or if you could find someone there are a couple nurseries out there that do like you like yours does where they just focus on those plants and i have some of those resources available too and like my native species course i have a whole list of oh, different awesome. places that sell those plants and seeds and things so yeah. oh, that's cool so another area I think of missed opportunity often in the herbal community is bringing more teenagers to the conferences, to herbal education, to plant conservation. So on, on one hand, I know that teenagers can participate with adults, you know, in general, but what kind of education works with that age group and how can herbal educators tap into that community and maybe work to empower the next generation of herbalists a little more? So, like I mentioned earlier, with the teenagers, again, they're they're uh, very concerned about themselves, their appearance, their skin, how they look. So, um, and a lot of times, like if the conferences are women's conferences, it's only uh, girls that are allowed in the teens. But they can teach them, you know, the importance of natural makeup and teach them how to make their own makeup out of herbs and minerals. Um, same with the skin cares and then just teaching them those healthier choices for eating, for sleeping, you know, just our general healthcare things. And also I think it would be great if we would take the teens and um, those that do know some about herbs, kind of turn them over to helping with the younger generations because empowering them to teach the younger kids, that gives them pride and they like, I know this and I can help with this. And so that, that kind of helps for them to reinforce what they've learned and, and share it with the next generation below them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Maybe can every, everyone could have shifts. <laughs> they can go to the, and actually learn at the conference, you know, because it's important for them to attend right. too, but then also volunteer with the kids. Or too. even they could do like half the conference, the teens are learning about different uses of herbs and things. And then the second half, then they start working with the younger kids to teach them what they just learned, you know? And so then it's- That's a really good idea. Reinforcing that, that new information, yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know there are a lot of, we've talked about that. There are a lot of conferences that do have kids things, but a lot of it's oriented towards that a little bit younger, just yeah. because, you know, they want to keep them busy while the moms are, you know, attending. But yeah, mm -hmm. that's a really good idea because we kind of miss that whole teenage group. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, as a parent of teenagers now, that's why I'm like, there's nothing. <laughs> there's yeah, nothing I, know. You know? I, I mean, everything they do is with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So because of, you know, a lot of that, a lot of what we talked about is herbal education in that specific age group. You know, what about babies, toddlers, and the real young ones? I know people always are kind of thinking about, you know, like you said, they sweep or they do things with you. What about getting little kids 
out to explore, even at really young ages? Um, so I have some free resources on my website. I hate to keep plugging my website, but well, <laughs> it's just, great. You have so much there. Yeah, keep yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to like just show them what what all things they can do. But um, I have some handouts on there just to kind of give some ideas, like a winter scavenger hunt and a spring scavenger hunt. So the winter one for people who don't have plants coming up yet, it has pictures of um, plants that are in the dormant season, what they would look like. So you can take that sheet of paper outside and just walk around your backyard or your local park or whatever and see if you can find any of those plants. And so that's, that's teaching them young to um, start identifying plants not only when they're in their prime and easy to identify season, but also in those out of time seasons, um, just kind of helps to close that loop. And then the spring one is like for all these plants that are starting to pop up now so that you can recognize that's a baby violet, that's a baby dandelion. So those are great fun ways. And, and little kids love treasure hunts. Like, look at this picture. Can you find anything in the yard that looks like that? Um, and then I also have like a bloom chart so that you can record like in when the dandelions are coming up and the violets and like that. And just keep track of what's coming up when. Just fun things like that. And then, you know, you could have a daily plant walk and or just a daily walk to get out and get some fresh air and say, let's see what's blooming today. And kids love to, to do things like that. Um, and also for littler kids, they learn more through stories and songs. And so that's part of my issues. I have stories and songs about each plant. So incorporating those into the day, singing about the herbs, things like that um, are things they really like to do. So, Yeah, those are all really good ideas. And I remember, you know, when my kids were little, just even having them, you know, when they're strapped to our bodies, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we slings and wraps and all of that. I mean, just even talking about everything that you're doing while you're picking yourself. I mean, you know that there's so much happening in their minds as they're learning and it just, and it seems, then they realize we're doing something with intention and it's that we enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So even if they're like just tied on your back or your side, then. Uh, yeah, I can remember my youngest when he was only like, maybe two, two and a half. He was just barely old enough to start talking. And we had, we used to have a weekly play group of friends that would come over. And one of the kids either like got stung by a bee or fell down and cut themselves or something. And he's like, I get the plantain. And he ran off, found the plantain, chewed it up and put it on their wound. I mean, he knew what to do just from seeing me do it. And it's kind of like a proud mama moment. The sun came out, the rays were shining. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's the, you know, I know with mine that that's, they remember everything. They know so many plants and now it's, you know, so embedded in who they are that they don't even realize that they know everything, I think, yeah. too, which is kind yeah, of what I think, nature. you know, right, exactly. <laughs> which is why I think um, with some of the like teenage programs, you know, Yes, there are beginners, but a lot of people assume that they don't, you know, know anything. But honestly, if you're the kid of someone who's going to herbal conferences, you probably have a level of knowledge just yeah. from your day-to-day -day life. So yeah, um, kind of bringing them up with us would be awesome, I think, too. Yeah. Well, I know, and so I know you've been talking about, so you have your website and you have a whole bunch of freebies. Mm -hmm. You have magazine issues and you have like that people can back order and get even previous issues? Is that how you have it right now? Yeah, so I have kind of taken a break from writing new issues, at least for this year, uh, possibly another year or two. Um, I'm going back with all the back issues. I have over 130 issues. So I'm going back to the older ones. Like I mentioned, the older ones didn't have all the information that the newer ones do. 
So I want to start um, upgrading the older ones to, to be the equivalent of the newer ones. So I've taken time off from writing to do that. Um, so I, I do have like all those are available on the website and I've just alphabetized them all too. So because that was one of the things previously I listed them by year. And so if you're going on and you're overwhelmed and don't know where to look, it can be really daunting to look through 11 years worth of magazine issues to find it. So there's a page that is just alphabetically everything. So you can just go by herb um, to make it easier. But I've also started bundling them because a lot of people still 130 issues. That's overwhelming. If you're new, you don't know what are beginner herbs and what are more difficult because after, you know, after the first 50, 25 to 50 issues, then I started getting into some herbs that are a little more serious. Like I write about poke and um, cold sweat, things like that, that shouldn't be used on a daily basis, but are still valid herbs. So um, I started bundling them in groups of 13 to 14 herbs that are meant to be a year long course. And so I have a new to herbs course um, where it's just uh, 13 herbs that they learn about over the course of a year. And I have, in addition to the, um, the issue in there, I'll have like a quiz and I'm starting to add in as I can uh, video clips of the plants in all different seasons so they can see that. And I've also recently been working on a year long project where they're gonna be using the plants to uh, create um, different things. So like in the new to, uh, new to herbs course, it'll be a silk scarf. And so they'll be dyeing the silk scarf over the course of a year with the different plants. So it'll be kind of like a memory lane uh, project that they'll have at the end of the year. And um, I'm actually working on my next course, which will be the next step. And that should be out at the end of the month. So once you've done the new to herbs, then the next year you can do the next step. And then I also have a um, the native plant journey. That's a year long journey of all those endangered species as well. And in addition to that, I also have a 12 week course that's a botany and drawing course to teach kids the botany of all the different plants and also how to draw them. So that's kind of a little fun, different thing. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know when we first planned recording this, you know, with the whole, you know, coronavirus thing wasn't quite so intense in the US here. And so I know a lot of people right now are like, what do we do now that we're all at home? So having online classes is amazing. And um, I know that a lot of people are probably looking for things to do with their kids for the next couple months. And um, it's a good way to get started to be able to have like all the magazines and have classes and, and you have a book now too. So it's like, then they have plenty of material. Yeah. You know, and also kid oriented with a lot of that too, so they can start. Yeah, you know. and I do have on my free section, um, I mentioned like the scavenger hunts and bloom page. I also have a couple of games. I made an herbal bingo game. That's really Ooh, fun. That's cool. um, yeah. And I have a go cultivate game and that one, the go cultivate is with the endangered species. So that, you know, they're trying to do, it's kind of like go fish, but they're matching plants. Um, and I have like a, a fire cider ebook on how to make fire cider. So there's all kinds of different uh, Valentine's Day. I have like three years worth of Valentine's. <laughs> I know we're past Valentine's now, but for next year, I have all these corny herbal Valentine's. <laughs> like stop yeah. mulling it over and be mine. <laughs> oh, that's cute though. But people probably still just even little kids love coloring anything. Yeah. Know, too and stuff like that. So all of that is, you know, yeah. they don't know what Valentine's or not. It's just fun. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I do give people um, if they want to sign up for my newsletter, they can get a, a free issue and it's the cacao issue. 
so you can learn about the medicinal uses of chocolate with your children. <laughs> so, and that's probably something we all have somewhere in our houses right now. Anyway, <laughs> even if we're not going to the grocery store, right? Yeah, um, yeah that's awesome. So. Um, so tell everybody your URL first. I know I'm going to share everything on the website too, but just if people are only listening in the car. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, herbalrootscene.com. So it's herbal, H-E-R-B-A-L, roots, R-O-O-T-S, zine, Z-I-N-E.com. Cool. Well, thanks so much. I know kids are so often overlooked in herbal education and conservation and the herbal community, and we miss opportunities often even in like Herbals Without Borders free clinics or relief models to reach and engage kids um, through simple classes or activities or inclusion. And so I hope that just with some of our conversation that people start to think more about how to include kids in their models and get their own kids involved more and include kids in our herbal community. So I appreciate everything and thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we definitely need to get them involved. They're the future of herbalism. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So to find out more about Christine, Herbal Root Zine, her online classes, and her new book, visit the Herbalist Without Borders blog for more information and all of the links at hwbglobal.org slash blog. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Herbal Action Podcast. HWB is a network of herbalists, medicine makers, herb growers, schools, students, herb business owners, plant conservationists, holistic practitioners, street medics, those interested in holistic health and wellness, health justice activists, and anyone who supports our mission and wants to share their support or be a part of our network. Join as a member or donate today. Visit hwbglobal.org to find out more. Support down to the ground green medicine for all people.